give you praise in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The Lord is good. All the time. I said the Lord is good. All the time. Let's take our seats for a moment. This is our last um, school of prayer for the year. And um, I was hoping that Kimote will continue what he's doing for a longer period. He now stopped it. Ah, But I thank God for the year. It's been beautiful. And I trust that we have all learned. I, I learn. I do learn. I do learn a lot. I do learn a lot. What I try to do is uh, make sure I don't forget some of the things I teach so I can put them into practice. One of the things I just want to remind us of, which is very important, let me just do that one briefly, is something that we have explained again and again. Let's just read that again. Return me chapter 6. I talked about creating the ambience of faith. I talked about that again and again. I just want to leave it with us as a charge. Prayer is not, don't forget that we've talked about it many times. Prayer is not just when I want to settle down and say, I want to pray. No. Say, men ought always. Paul said, pray without ceasing. The Lord Jesus himself said, men ought always to pray and not to lose heart. Let's just read that again. Deuteronomy chapter 6. The book of Deuteronomy chapter 6. It's a portion that I quote a lot. He said, um, let's just read from verse um, 4. Where we are going is verse um, 9, but we'll start from 4 to end in 9. Let me read from the Living Translation. He said, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. I want you to notice that, verse 7. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road. Then, he said, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them on your hands and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Please notice that. He said, write them on the doorposts of your, of your house and on your gates. If you read that in the Amplified Bible, he said, these words that I'm giving you today shall first be in your heart and in your mind. Then you shall wet and sharpen them so as to make them penetrate into the hearts of your children. And I tell them that you will talk about them when you are at home. I'm reading New Living Translation now. When you are at home, when you are on the road, and when you are going to bed, and when you are getting up, you will create an atmosphere, even the things that you see, the posters you hang on your walls. Those are the things he's talking about. Like now, talking about your doorposts and your gates. And for our modern times, we hang things inside. You know, we print and we hang in places. You put pictures on your wall. You know, I went to, I stayed in a hotel recently. I was in, um, well, Delta State here. And I noticed that from the lobby of the hotel, they have all kinds of paintings of nude people. You know, I entered my room. They are not photographs. They are paintings. Do you understand? Yeah. I said, whoever owns this hotel, the head is not correct. <laughs> if I, when I told our host, <laughs> she just said, and I said, Did you know? I said, I have this in my room. He said, just carry it and turn it upside down. That's, yeah, you know, those things are actually not innocent. They are not. Uh, they are not demonic. Let me just emphasize something because some people have heard it to say it's demon possessed. There's no possession inside it. <laughs> yes, yeah, true. People you have to be careful. 
And I've heard, I've seen things like that before. People would give the impression that there's a demon inside. That one didn't worry me. Demon inside. Demons usually, if I enter, they will leave the room, say, Pastor has come. So they will go somewhere else. The problem is the ambience that people try to create. I have a duty to create something different. You should create an ambience, like in your home, you have stuff like that. It should be people praising God. I like one that my wife hung in our dining room. It was the last supper. <laughs> <laughs> so you see Jesus and the disciples eating supper. So it's nice. Hanging over where you are eating. That's a good one. You know, create an ambience that speaks, you know, of the glory of God. You create an ambience that speaks of the goodness of God. It's important. So that's part of what he was saying. That look, write it. Let there be, you know, words here and there that you hang all over the house. Words of faith. It's very important. Words of faith. Just a simple scripture so that when you turn, you look at it. It talks to you. You know, that young man too that I wrote that said, <laughs> listen to me for at least 3,000 hours. You know what he said? He said, I hear your voice in my head. <laughs> yeah, he said, I hear it in my head. That there are times I want to make a decision. You know, like the brain just scans. Just something you said. This word of God just pops up and, you know. And that's how it's supposed to be. You know, you create an ambience with God's word around you. Now, remember we said that faith is not just how I feel. You know, it's not like if right now, Let's believe God. Squeeze your face. Hold the chair. Believe. It doesn't work like that. Faith is either in the heart at that moment or it is not there. Okay? One of the things we do is to make sure it does not leak. There was a reason why Jesus took a man out of a city, of a village, to go and pray for him outside. Because the environment was a very bad environment. Listen to me. Jesus could not overcome that environment. Can you believe that? He couldn't. He couldn't. He wanted to bless somebody. He said, look, your environment is bad. Let's get out of here. He had to drag him out to go and pray for him outside. And when he was done, he told the man, don't go back into that place. Otherwise, your healing will disappear. Wrong environment. And listen, this was not, you know, that's something we have to understand. This is not about demons now. It's about human spirits that are just negative. Just with negative spirits around, emitting negativity into the air. And the Lord Jesus said, listen, oh boy, if you go back in there, it's bad for you. Just to him, make sure you don't go back into that city. We have to be careful, all right, to create that. I just want to emphasize that again. I'm not going to speak for long today, all right? We'll just we'll rise, we'll give thanks, we'll declare the word of God, and then we'll be done. But I just want to remind us, it's very important as believers, let's, you know, two things. One, let's have a, 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 a let's create an ambience in which, around us, in which faith can thrive. All right, and one with one of the major ways you do it is what you talk about. Do you understand? That's why we read this one. What you discuss, what you talk about, what you talk about most is what you are worshiping. Listen, no matter how you want to reason it away, what you talk about most is what you are worshiping. Worshiping is not just about bowing down. You understand physically. All right, like um, Ed Cole would say, practical atheism is not raising a fist and saying there is no God. It says, living as if there is none. So there's practical worship. Practical worship is what you talk about all the time. How you lace the name of God into every conversation you have. Are you getting my point? You know, people say, meet me a lot of times. You know, especially after that uh, Sunday program. You know, everywhere. I went, hey, I listen to you on Sunday. Oh, God bless you, sir. You finally said to this thing. Uh, is my, you know, people telling you how you bless them a lot of that. I always add them, oh, we thank God. Oh, it's God. You know, you just drop it in there. You just drop it in there. So before, if you don't, it may sound like uh, you're just talking. But you, if you don't do that, eventually you start believing 
that you are a, an anointed man, you're a good man, you know something. So you have to keep on reminding them and you that it's God. It's the Spirit of God. Oh, we thank God. Oh, to Him be the praise. You just keep on dropping it here and there. That's what I mean by creating that proper ambience. You know, you, you, you weave the name of God into everything. I heard you do so well in that exam. I always knew you were hot. Don't smile like an idiot, you know, and collect the praise. No. He said, ah, I thank God, though. Ah, waiting man for do. He's not God, you know. One of the names that, the day my wife heard it, she was so excited, is Oh Chuku. Heard that name before? Oh Chuku. Say, now God. That's, that's, no. Eh? Yeah, that's literal. Eh? Say, now nah, God. And that's, that's the girl's name. Say, everything in our life, oh, now nah, God. Yeah, I'm serious. Are you, you haven't heard the name before? Oh, you haven't? Oh, it's a, my, my colleague's daughter. When they went to their house, you know, you're just talking with kids in the house. Hey, hello, what was your name? The guy said, oh, Chuku. Ah, my wife understands a little bit, you but not like me. Oh, I paused. What did you say? The guy said, oh, Chuku. That is your name? Mm-hmm. I'm sure my wife wrote the name down. My next daughter, I'm, g- I'm giving the name. Oh, Chuku. <laughs> the Lord is good. Now, you drop such things all the time. It's part of, look, it's part of creating the ambience of faith in your life. It is. It's part of creating that ambience of faith, you know. You are recognizing that it is God. Just by now, my emphasis is that you're talking about it. You're talking about, That's what I want to emphasize. It's a talk. It's that talk I'm emphasizing again, you know, to us. You're analyzing the situation of the nation. You put it in. All right? You don't talk as if, you know, like now. You're about to step into 2018, and election is um, 2019. So, you know, it's already heating up. We look at all of the things going on, all right? But we know at the back of our hearts that God has ordained, he has chosen who is going to win that next election. So when we are talking about it, we say all of these things, no matter what you do, whatever what you plan, it is the will of God that will be executed. Do you get my point? No matter how you arrange it, it is who God has chosen. All of these stories we are telling is just to keep ourselves busy. At the end of the day, it is a person the Lord has chosen. So when we're talking, we put that in our talk. It's important. It boosts our faith. It accumulates faith in the heart. That's what I'm going to explain. Faith is like, a, it's, it's like water. It's, a, it's something you build up. It's something you build up. A lot of times, you, don't, you, don't, you can't really tell whether it is... How do I say? You can't feel it and say, oh, let me see whether that faith is there or not. You only know the faith is there, all right? It's when it's working, you know whether it's there or it's not there. Like when Jesus spoke to that tree, you know, I've discussed that before. When he spoke to the tree, there was, he just took advantage of this situation to teach his disciples. He, he wasn't trying to kill the tree. Let me just explain something to you. He wasn't, there was not a deliberate, it was not a deliberate tree killing adventure. It was just a statement of, now, I want to say it in a human way, the way to be for most people, all right? Even though that's not what it was of the Lord. But it was more like a statement of frustration. Okay? That is just look at it and said, this tree, you can't even produce fruit. So what are you doing in life? Do you get that, that point? He was, not, he was not trying to do gardening. He was not trying to rearrange the landscape. He just look at, look, this is a principle of life. You can't produce fruit for important people when they need it. You just utter the word. No one will drop your fruit again. And left without planning to think about it. That's what I'm t- trying to bring out. Now, when the tree died... Now, it, was, it died because of the fullness of the spiritual substance called faith in his heart. That's what I'm trying to explain. 
That's what really happened. That faith was so plenty that when it touched, when the words came out of it, at the heart of faith, and touched the tree, the tree had to die. And he wasn't planning to check on the tree. So he was just going to walk past. It was Peter that pointed to him that you spoke at that tree yesterday. And look at the tree. It's gone. They explained to them, have, he didn't say have faith in God. Litra, Greek says, have the faith of God. That is what, the emphasis was on the faith. That is, look, if God's faith is in your heart, this is how you will talk and things will start coming to pass. And then now began to teach them. And what he said there is that it wasn't like, make sure you believe who. He was saying to them, if you ask for anything, if the faith is in your heart, what he said is that if you can believe that you, have, you are receiving, if the faith is in your heart, so that you are asking because you know God is going to do it and he's doing it, he said you will have whatever it is. But the first line was, make sure there is what? Faith. The faith of God in your heart. And that's why I started teaching about creating that ambience of faith. And one of the ways we do it is the kind of things we talk about all the time, which is why we're in this Deuteronomy chapter 6 again. All right? I mean, we're going to be gone from here for some weeks. Okay? But I'm just trying to leave that with us. We build faith in the heart constantly, one major way by how we talk. I heard the things everybody was saying earlier. Is God's word forming the way we utter. Even the prayer requests we have should be derived from scriptures. There are things that Jesus specifically said pray about. It's not everything he wants us to pray about. It's not everything. So, for example, he will tell, just to use as an example again, all right, there's going to be judgment against Jerusalem. Don't pray about that one. Now, you can pray. If you're inside Jerusalem, note something. When you see the, get ready one day, you have to leave Jerusalem. Now, how will you know the day? When you see the armies begin to gather around Jerusalem, you just have a few, maybe an hour or so to get out. Once they start arriving, start moving. He said, what you can do is pray that it will not happen during winter. So he gave them the prayer points. So when you want to pray, pray that it will not be during winter. As a Jerusalem being judged, that's not a prayer point. It will happen. Pray that it will not happen during winter. Then pray that it will not happen on the Sabbath, so that you will not have to break your own rules concerning the Sabbath day journey. So just do that. Those are the two prayer points he gave them. And the other ones that you could derive, because he said things like... Uh, that's the day you will feel sorry for the woman that has many children. To gather children from everywhere they went to play. <laughs> and you, you know the way it is with parents, especially mothers. They will not leave any child behind. Even if they say, let us move now. They say, ah, where is she? He hasn't come back. Everybody will start looking, shouting the name all over the street. Why Jesus said, you get out immediately. That if you're on the rooftop, don't get into the house to get anything. Jump from the rooftop and move from there. How would I do that if I have kids inside the house? So Jesus said that that's when you'll be wishing, you'll be thanking God for those that don't have those kids. So you can derive a prayer point from there. Say, Lord, the day to happen, let us be finishing dinner when all the children are in the house. Those are the kind of prayer points. You know, so in different aspects of life, pray for enemies. He gave us that prayer point. He gave us different prayer points. So we derive even prayer points from God's word. Conversation from the word. Well, that's why I read that in chapter 6 again. He said, talk about it. You know, we don't obey. You know, we look at scriptures a lot of times as if his advice is given. It's not advice. They're instructions. He said, make sure you talk about it all the time. Which means that even if you don't feel like talking about it, just start talking about it. Look for something to talk about. 
read Bible stories and start telling the story about, uh, of what happened in the Bible. Who gave birth to Samson? When? What did Samson do? Just find a story to tell. It will express what God did through a man. Look at the story of Daniel. Talk about it again. Oh, there was this young boy and the other friends. This is what happened to them. We all know the story, but just find something to talk about. That is how faith is built in the heart. And that's how we pray constantly. Listen, the job Satan has is to make sure we do the opposite. That's one thing we must never forget. What Satan tries to do is to ensure that we do the opposite. That is, we don't talk about the Lord all the time. He gives us something else to discuss. <laughs> do you get what I'm going to say? Yeah, he gives us something else to discuss. He gives us all kinds of, everything but the truth of God's word. Of course, let's not talk about that again. He gives us football to discuss. Yes, we occupy our days. Men, thank God for the life of women. They don't have time for that. Men will sit down for hours talking about football. Hmm? Some women. There are a few now. Of course, there's always some women in all these things. I mean, there are men who also want a limondo, you know that. <laughs> there are some men. I don't look at such men, you're looking at what did you eat? <laughs> never, I've never been able to understand how a man will sit down and be watching all those, uh, is it Mexican? What, what, what is it? Z-Wall. What is it? What is it? Where is it they get from? Mexican. Yeah, sit down and be watching things like that. I, I, no, that, but there, there's some men do. So what I'm going to say, so Satan, the job of Satan is to distract us with a lot of things. It distracts with Facebook, distracts with many things. Politics, major distraction. But what I'm going to say, it's our duty to resist those things, to settle down and make up our minds that what we are going to be talking about, the foundation for our discussion is God's word. That's how we are building faith. And listen, what will come out of our lives is decided by those things. The other day, I, I, I preached about the fact that, um, that okay, in the beginning of the year, when we're talking about the pursuit of God, I explained that there are different pathways that have been written in heaven. I told a story about Derek Prince, who was casting out the demon from a young woman, and the woman said, I see you in a, of course, she had a familiar spirit, so she had a vision, and I saw him in a car that crashed. And you know, so she told him about it, and the man didn't pray about it. He just said, that's what Satan has written. That's what the devil has written as his plan for my life. He said, but you see, the problem is I don't work in that plan. So it was not a prayer point. It wasn't like I resisted in the name of Jesus. I will not crash against a tree. You demon, come on, you want to kill me? I will not die, I will not die. No. He said, listen, listen, okay, let me explain it to you. When you are seen to the realm of the spirit, what are you seeing? What you have seen is a path that Satan wrote for my life. And unfortunately, he doesn't direct where I go. So, have fun with your visions is not, it's not going to happen because the one I'm walking by is the one God wrote. Yes. That was all he said about it. He did not, it was not a prayer point. He finished his deliverance session, cast out that foul spirit out of the girl after the young woman, and that was the end of it. Now, why I refer to it is because you see, in the realm of the spirit, that's how things are. Different things have been written. Our duty now is to, by faith, bring the one that is according to God's plan according to God's desire into our lives. That's what I'm trying to emphasize. We do that deliberately. How do we do it? Not by saying that ah, this is a plan I want. No. By just making the word of God a conversation of our lives. We create that ambience of faith around us. Very important. That is when prayer becomes easy. That's when prayer gets results. Many people pray. They can't get results because, like I told you, faith is not about how determined I am. That's not the primary thing. How much passion do I have in my heart about it? No. The primary thing about faith 
is this is a spiritual substance which is either there or is not there. So my duty is to accumulate it all the time. Are you getting my point? So it gets to a point in which Jesus just is a tree. He is not passionate about the death of the tree. I hope you're getting what I'm trying to say. It wasn't. It was just like this rubbish tree here. And as he kept on moving. But the power was so much. And he told them that it wasn't like I was so determined. It's just that I had the faith of God in my heart. And I'm encouraging believers again. That's something we're supposed to do. That's what, that, that, look, like I was saying, did, what the Prince talked about, all right? Did Satan write in a plan? And of course, we know that God has a plan. Without, which plan is going to be executed in our lives is not determined by the kind of faith that we have. It is. That's the foundation of prayer. I hope that this year we have created that habit. Like I keep on saying, our school of prayer is not just to come and pray, but to do what? Learn how to pray and make a habit of effective praying. If you say, what is, of course, you're asking everyone, I'm sure you won't have asked me that, uh, what have you learned this year? <laughs> but I had to think, what did I learn this year? You understand? And these are the things I learned this year because as I'm teaching, I'm also learning. And, if, and that's the fact that prayer, you know, is not getting up every day, looking for desires and things to ask God for out of my own thinking. It's just by taking God's word and offering those words back to him and on a regular basis. That's what I learned. When it says pray without ceasing, a greater reason than I understood before, I now understand better what it means to pray without ceasing. Like Paul said, when he said men ought always to pray. All right? You know, one of the, for me, one of the most important messages we preached is that one. I said that the repetition does not vain. You know, we talked about that. Yes, repetition does not vain. Because I used to wonder, you say, as you are preaching faith, uh, they taught us that you can't repeat your prayer point. And yes, it makes a lot of sense. You don't come to God harassing God every time about the same thing. He doesn't like it too. And that is true. But then how do you now pray without season? Like I spoke last time about the arrow of God. The fact that we just continue firing that arrow. We keep on hitting with that arrow until we have totally extinguished all the enemies. And I'm not talking about village enemies. Now I'm talking about the real enemies of life, not the village people. Okay? For me, that's the most important thing that um, I learned this year concerning prayer. It's taking the word of God and making it my conversation. It's taking the word of God and just discussing it. You know, prayer is not only about petition. Are you getting my point? Okay, okay let me say it like this. We often look at prayer as a matter of petition, all right? That's the primary thing most people know about prayer, petition. Then, as we began to learn, we learned other things. We learned about um, uh, thanksgiving, you know, uh, praise. We say, okay, that one is also prayer. But what I'm... Uh, uh, something? Okay, 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 let me be like this. All the uh, intercession, supplication, all of that, I'm putting all of them as petition, okay? I'm putting all of them as petition. They're asking for something. Or rather for yourself or for somebody else, for a situation. Then we added the one of praise and worship and say, okay, that is, um, um, that's also part of prayer. Then we learned again and we learned about just declarations, you know, just confession of the word of God. All right? Now, having to add to all of this, the issue of petition, the issue of um, thanksgiving and praise, and the issue of um, declarations and confessions, one I've added this year is the one of conversation. That's what I'm trying to just add to it. <laughs> do you get my point? Yeah, conversation. Conversation. I do that with my kids once in a while and with my wife. When I remember, I, do, I forget it a lot, but once in a while I remember. I just tell my wife, come, let's, let's, let's talk about the Lord. We're not praying, we're not confessing, we're not doing anything. We're just 
talking. You know the way you will chat, you know, about a book you read, about what happened in the office, what happened in traffic, you know, family gist. I said, let's just talk about the Lord. Let's just talk about the Lord. And there's nothing, nothing happening. I mean, you're not asking for anything. You're just creating a conversation around the person of the Lord, the character, that his nature, and the things that he has done. You just start talking about it. It's like, let's catch up in the news. What's the Lord doing in, in modern times? What has he done in, in, in recent times? What do you know about his character? Do you know he's like this? Do you know he's like that? You know? Like one of the ones that my wife you know, does with the kids is with food. All right? Uh, we are eating this morning. How did the food come? Oh, the Lord sent the food. Is it because daddy walks? No. Is it because mommy earns some money? No. Is it because so, so, no, everything? How, how come there's food in the house? So it's because the Lord is good. All right, so let's give thanks for the food. Father, we thank you for this food in Jesus' name. Just a one-minute conversation about food. So if you catch any of my kids, ask them, where, do, <laughs> where does food come from? The thing comes from heaven. <laughs> that, that's the idea. What is the source of food? Ah, you know, God sends food all the time. Yeah, they know where it's cooked. They know when food comes from the markets. They know the process of cooking. Some of them actually cook, right? The other ones can you know, do a few, a bit of cooking. But the discussion around food, the conversation around food has been that it is a gift of God. And that is why before we eat, we tell him, thank you. Do you get the point here? That's a, that's a part of prayer I, well, I have learned to add in recent times. And that's a portion of Conversation. We talk about petitions, which includes our supplication, our intercession, and all of that. We talk about praise and worship, thanksgiving. We talk about um, declarations and uh, you know uh, confession of the word. And the one last one I'm adding to it is what conversation. And that's one thing Moses was telling us here that we should talk about it all the time. That is the words that the word of God that we have heard. We should talk about it all the time. You know, if we back up to about two chapters to chapter four, he told them then that listen. What happened? When God appeared to you on that mountain, remember, you didn't see a form. All you heard was what? A voice. And we explained that that is that's a concept of worship that Christians often overlook. Worship is not just about bowing down. No. One of the concepts of worship that Moses was explaining there is that the other people bow down to graven images. You will have that same respect for the word of God. You know, if you ever enter the Catholic Church, many of you may have been Catholics or are Catholics. You know, there is one teaching, a lot of people don't understand it, but there's one teaching you, people don't, um, those who are not Catholics don't know. If you're a Catholic, you know. He said, once the Eucharist is on the altar, your behavior in the building must change. That is, when you enter, and nearly what happens, they indicate it with a light. A, 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 a light, a candle, something, a red lamp that's on, just like that one we have there somewhere. The once it's on, you know what's going on. So when you get to the door, you don't just walk past. You stop. You take a bow. You're a woman. You do that. You understand? Then you walk. If you cross that line five times, you do that five times. And when you sit inside there, you behave yourself. There's a concept behind it. All right? It's part of um, some of the fundamentals of Catholicism. Okay? There's a concept behind it. But I want to just start to teach people something, something to us believers. That was what Moses was explaining in that Deuteronomy chapter 4. That that would be, you should have that kind of reverence to the word of God. That is, if people are discussing, you're just talking about politics, and somebody says that, 
That's one thing I like that the Lord said through Daniel. Pause and don't argue. I don't know whether you get my point. Yeah, instantly you pause. Let the person finish quoting that word of God from the mouth of Daniel. You instantly do a quick check to be sure your conversation is in alignment with what Daniel said. Nope, some people don't know. Let me say something to you. <laughs> in life, don't let your mouth kill you. Are you getting my point? That's number one. I'll get back to number one in a moment. Let me say number two. Two, don't let your pride kill you. What do I mean by pride? Now, you say something. It's not in agreement with the word of God. When you hear that word, listen to me. You don't have to defend yourself. Just leave it there. I don't know whether you're getting my point. If somebody says something and, it, and they toss a scripture, pride is why you want to start wangling around it. I, I don't know if I get my point. Yeah, that's pride. You just want to find a way around the sin. Don't, that's why I don't let pride kill you. If you discover the word, because this word must be respected. That's why I told the story of how Catholics are taught to behave if the Eucharist is on the altar. All right? Just, just to you know, learn, learn a lesson from it. The Bible tells that we believers, people of God, we are supposed to behave like that towards the word of God. If that's Look, arguments, you don't toss it around anyhow. You don't ever use it just to win a point. It has its job. Every scripture is inspired. It's profitable for correction, for reproof, for, give me the words, instruction in righteousness, for... Doctrine, yes, uh-huh. that's okay, that's a doctrine that is teaching, it's good for teaching, for correction, for instructions in righteousness. If you're not using it for that, leave it alone. It's not good for argument. It's not good for settling scores. There's something I used to do, God taught me that one long ago. Because I've been reading the Bible for a very long time, you understand? I used to encounter, only discussing with people, a lot of people don't even know the scriptures, you understand? But guess what? I learned never. To use the Bible in argument. But I, I, I had a different reason. I, I had a number of reasons. One of my reasons was that I just felt the argument would not be fair anymore. You understand? So I just, we can argue. Well, why are you talking like that? You shouldn't talk like that. What right do you have to talk like that? Don't talk like that. Why should you talk like that? You talked like that yesterday. I will talk about it like that tomorrow. I, we can go on like that. I used to do that. But start bringing up the issue of quoting the scripture, no. Once we start quoting scripture, my own point is this. You either shut up or I shut up. Two of us can't be exchanging words while quoting the Bible. It's too much disrespect. Somebody has to shut up. You either keep quiet or I keep quiet. If you want to use the scripture, it should be that we're encouraging one another. You know, we're tossing the scripture, oh, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Amen. Or the Bible also says that those that seek the Lord will not lack anything good, you know. But we want to fight. It's too much disrespect. It's too much disrespect. You can't... Look, the word is living. You are getting my point? That's one thing I like about what I was going to say. Look, the man said, look, I have a scripture. Don't argue. If you don't, if, if you don't have any, if you have a superior argument and you want to teach people, go ahead and do that. But if a man gives you scriptures and it looks correct, the best you can do, just keep quiet. Don't see anything. I don't know whether you are getting my point here. Why? Because... Moses emphasized to us that we must respect that word. The word is worship. You know, I was thinking about it this morning, yesterday actually, yesterday night into this morning, that the Bible says that the eyes of the Lord run through and through the whole earth 
Why? Because he wants to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are, if you have a King James, says perfect towards him. If you have another translation, it says completely his. Then that's, that thing struck me. Now, why do you use the word completely his? And I began to meditate. And I realized that what he was saying in effect is this. A lot of us, not a lot of us, all of us, our hearts are calibrated on the proportion that belongs to the Lord. Now, I'm not kidding. All of, every single person, as I'm looking at all of you here like this, and I'm turning my eyes and looking inside, and just looking at myself, is calibrated. What proportion belongs to God? And the people that God flexes his muscle on his or her behalf, the person that he flexes the muscle on the, behalf, on, on the person's behalf is the one that his heart is what? 100% his. So the question is, that what does it mean to be completely the Lord's? Caleb talked about it. If you go and read the story, Numbers 13 to 14, then go to Joshua around chapter 14. These things are there. Caleb kept on being spoken about. God spoke about Caleb. Caleb repeated it later to um, Joshua that what happened to me happened because I fully followed the Lord. That is, essentially was saying that my heart is completely attached to the Lord. So I said, what's the practical aspect of that? This is what it means. One area is that if I want to make a decision, Whose interests are in front? I don't know what I get the point. Yes. We say, what do you mean by whose interest? How, that is, okay, I want to react to the situation. What is more important to me? This is what I mean. Now, this man shouldn't think I'm a fool. I will prove to him that I'm not a fool. I want to react to the situation. What does that mean? That heart is not completely the Lord's. My pride has taken a chunk of it. Why? He should not think I'm a fool. Now, please, I, I, I don't know whether you're getting my point. So, when I need to make decisions, therefore, whether my heart is completely the Lord's or not is what I was discussing. So, I want to respond to this man. What are the guiding principles behind my response? That's what decides whether my heart is completely the Lord's or it is not. Do you get what I'm trying to explain here? Okay, let, let me try and find another example. Now, these are the things that compete with the Lord for the heart. I want to make a decision, let's say career. Now, once I start thinking that, where will I get enough money to be able to secure my tomorrow? That is a portion of my heart that does not belong to the Lord. I don't know whether you're getting my point. But why is it completely the Lord's? It's like, okay, what exactly does the Lord want me to do? How is this fulfilling the plan of God for my life? How is this fulfilling the destiny that God created for me? You're getting the point here. That is when you talk about a heart being completely the Lord's. It's like, okay, when I'm doing things, which one am I doing for myself? Which one am I doing purely because that's what the Lord wants? Remember the story, another I, 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 illustration. I, I told the story once, I read from um, this man's book, Business by the Book by Larry Bucket. Larry Bucket said that a man came to him for advice. He wanted to sue another believer. And Larry Bucket told the man, after he heard everything that happened, he said, yes, I think you should sue that man. You should sue the man. Take him to court, sue him for everything. He has collected all his money, everything. And that man was very happy. As he was about to leave, Larry Bucket said, wait, I have told you what I think. I have not told you what the Lord thinks. Sit down, let's tell you what the Lord thinks. So he sat down, opened his Bible, and began to show that man what the Lord said about the situation. And he told the man in simple terms, believe me, I'm on your side. But the book... It's not on your side. <laughs> so as painful as it is, he told him, in effect, we have to follow what the book is saying. 
We have to follow, that's what I'm talking about, being heart fully the Lord's and worshiping and honoring the word, even though the decision is hard. But that is what the word wants me to do. I remember once, a story just, just came to my mind when I was a young campus student. Somebody did me something very terrible. I remember one of my roommates, my classmate too. And, you know, I had planned how, you know, don't injure somebody because you think you are bigger than him. You don't know the plan. In fact, I think one of the reasons why God said, back, go and preach is because I repented that day. I think so, and I may be wrong. I wasn't always this big. I was small in size. And it was bigger than me, older than me, stronger than me. And he used that against me, and it's not good. I felt very, very oppressed, and I made up my mind, I'm going to make this guy cry. And I had my strategy laid out. I, 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 can still, I still remember the plan. I was going to frustrate him on that campus, and I had my good plan. Should I tell you part of it? No. No. <laughs> Somebody will go and hear it now. They were simple plans. They were little things just to frustrate a man's life. It's like you, you go buy his car. He didn't have a car. You understand? I didn't have. So, you know, that's not what I'm talking about. Just to give an idea the kind of thing I was going to do. I was just going to go buy his car, open the tank. No. Pour water inside and cap it and go. <laughs> you won't know who did it. I didn't steal anything. So, you, can, you won't find anything in my house. But start the car tomorrow morning now. <laughs> the kind of thing I would do, I would just carry a nail, put on for stick, put on under your tires. You drive out in the morning. You will now know that the witches in the village are after you. <laughs> I had those plans for him. I had those plans. Including you hang your cloth on the line, I put a blade line in it and just walk on. I didn't steal it. But wait now. It, because what he did, it was very painful. It was, it was very, very painful. All right? So I said, I'm going to pay this guy back. To make it worse, I reported him to his friend. And I told his friend, I won't forgive him. And his friend laughed, like, you won't forgive him, so what? <laughs> I'm like, Jesus is Lord. I wish you would cry for your friend. If you know what I planned for him. <laughs> now, you know what was painful about it? There was fellowship, I think, in the evening. That was the bad side. I was like, God, I'm not coming to church today. Why? I know you. I know what you will say. You will ask me to forgive him. Can you forgive this kind of thing? You know, that, that was my idea. I was very young. I was a little boy. I was on campus. My first year in university. I felt so horrible. So that day, I don't know how I found my, found my way to the to see you fellowship that evening. And when I left there, and I, did, I didn't talk to the Lord. I wasn't going to talk to him. Why? He made me forgive somebody that shouldn't be forgiven. Somebody that shouldn't be, I, I, somebody that should be punished. Are you getting my point? Yes, yes that's the word of God. I didn't feel, I remember it very well. I didn't feel like forgiving the guy. I want, get my point? I wanted him to wonder which witch in his village followed him to school. And the Lord was looking at me and said, as long as I live, you won't try that. And it wasn't funny. We're laughing now. For me, it wasn't funny. It was not funny. <laughs> it wasn't funny. Now, the point I'm making is this. When you're talking about honoring the word of God, that's what we're talking about. So once the word says something, the least you can do is keep quiet. You don't argue. If they push scripture in your face, don't argue. Just be silent. I've been in church before. One woman, they were still remember, was beside me in church. The pastor was preaching. Some women are tough. He was, she was jumping. Whoa, 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 whoa. And the pastor said, but you see, God made us different. Men and women are different. She sat down and said, no. 
I looked at her like this. He said, we are the same. They systematically began to disagree with what the pastor was saying from that point on. One of my sisters does this. Came back from, a, we had like a two or three days um, seminar on campus on marriage and relationships and stuff like that. And you know there are things you don't joke about. She told her friends, hey, look, listen. Forget what that man of God is saying. As far as I'm concerned, I'm still going to marry this kind of man. Not that one he's saying doesn't concern me. There are statements you don't make even if you're joking. That's how much respect we're supposed to have for God's word. We can joke with each other. But somebody drops a line of scripture, please just leave. Don't argue. Yeah, so that's why I just, I felt very bad. Look, the one that's happening, the, that the freeze man, the OAP from Lagos, the man would drop scriptures and people would be insulting him. I said, you guys, you're playing into the hands of the enemy. You have a choice of two. Either keep quiet or drop scriptures. If you can't leave the man alone, the fact that he's, he's, he, he beat his wife does not change the scriptures. He drinks Ogogoro. Has he rewritten the verses he's quoting for you? So leave it. I mean, I'm not saying I agree with his use of the verses. I mean, there are things I heard him say. I said, oh boy, you don't know the Bible. I know in my mind. I just said, come on, this is half knowledge. This is half knowledge. There are things he will say. I just smiled to myself. Ah, this is the other part of it you don't know. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it calls him a Bible teacher, but, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that he knows it, but just that the response of a lot of preachers, I was not happy. What I'm going to emphasize, it's not just about them, about uh, the, whole, the, the topic on ground. Is our attitude towards the word of God. I remember those days I'll be talking with brethren. They will be insulting the head of state that time, Abacha. I will give them scriptures. You can't do this. Then they start trying to wind around it. The day he died suddenly, and I saw rejoicing everywhere. I quoted scriptures for people. I said, What you are doing is forbidden. They will quote, you know, when you are using the scriptures, you have to be careful. There are observations and there are instructions. Well, starting the Ecclesiastes that time, I explained something in Ecclesiastes. That you see, Ecclesiastes was, Solomon was giving a lot of observations and natural deductions. They were not the word of God. I, I don't know where I get my point. He's not saying this is what the Spirit is saying. He said, I looked and I gave up. And I said, this life is so useless. Thank God for those who are dead. In fact, better than both the living and the dead are those who never encountered this useless life. So he says, vanity, nonsense life, too much injustice. Why should anybody live? He didn't say God said nobody should live. Are you getting my point? Now, you have to understand. You have to be careful. So, one of the things I told him that time, I said, I said the Bible says categorically, don't rejoice when your enemy dies or when he stumbles. Don't rejoice when your enemy stumbles. He said, otherwise the Lord will be displeased. It's written in black and white. You know what they quoted for me? That when the wicked perishes, there are shouts of joy. I said, you see, that's an observation. For example, it says that because iniquity will abound, the people will respond with their love freezing up. He did not instruct believers to freeze up their love. In fact, he told them to, to fire up their own love. Be fervent in spirit. He told them that. So they said that when they, when they, they wicked perishes, there are shouts of joy. I said, it's an observation. And what gave you the right to call the man wicked? Do you know I couldn't get... Could I get two believers to agree with me? No, they were too busy rejoicing at the death of a sinner. When the Bible says clearly, the Lord 
does not delight in the death of a sinner. Are you getting my point? I think I just dropped that one for us. I'm talking about the ambience around us, creating the ambience of, of the world. We must show a lot of respect. If you don't understand the scripture, just leave it. Like I say, don't touch that. Remember that I say, don't touch that scripture. You know, the OA people will tell us, don't touch that dial. That's what they tell us all the time. As if they are in their own station is the only one we'll be listening to. <laughs> so we adapted this to what? Don't touch that scripture. Once the Lord says it, if you don't understand it, just leave it. It's possible we don't fully understand it yet. But don't try. That's why, you know, those two things I said, number one, don't let your mouth kill you. That's arguing against God. That's what I meant by that. And number two, don't let your pride kill you. It's because of people's pride that they start arguing against the word of God. Just because they don't want to accept that, yes, what I'm doing is not right, or maybe I am wrong. Are you getting my point? We are supposed to have so much respect for God's word that once it is uttered, all arguments cease. All disagreements come to an end. All personal opinions will freeze. I like one thing used to say. People say, look, I'm entitled to my opinion. He says, it's not true. You are not entitled to your opinion. You are entitled to learn God's opinion. That's the only thing. Your opinion doesn't matter. You can't tell me I'm entitled to my opinion. No. You are not. If you are a child of God, you lost the right to your opinion. On, on issues, no matter, look, one day, there was one woman I listened to her music. Well, just one of her albums. I, I, I don't know how it is with you. I enjoyed the, the records we listened to those when we were in school. So I, I, I fished for them. You know, 20-something years later, you know, one day I, I finally got this woman's um, music, this particular album. But while I was looking for her music here and there, I stumbled, I went to YouTube. So I stumbled on one of her videos. They said she showed up at one, something glad, G-L-A-A-D, one coalition in America for advancing the cause of homosexuality. Yes, gay, lesbian, something, alliance, something against discrimination, something like that. Gay, lesbian, alliance, something like that. So they interviewed her, and I was shocked. That, oh, gospel musician, that you came for this. She said, yes, no, she has come to recognize that uh, this is the future. Yeah, I did my hand like this, because that's how she did her hands. <laughs> and she's hoping that other gospel artists will come to recognize it. They should come of age, you know. Things have changed, that this is the future. Thank God for my maturity. Because I know how to cut off your messages after you began to smoke, Igbo. And the ones you used to preach before you began to smoke. That's what they do. Once preacher begins, go haywire. Eh? I just take the year in which he stopped his sanity. Says 19, this is year 2005. Any message he preaches after that, I don't listen. But the ones before, I quickly collect them and hide them. Before he corrupts them with his new, you know, his new thought process. Thank God this woman's album, she, I got, I mean, she sang that song around 1991, before she realized the future. <laughs> and you know the problem with all of them is just that the pressure, the societal pressure there is very heavy. It's heavy. No, there. Oh, <clears throat> those people, in fact, they call them the Gestapo. You know the Gestapo? But this one, they call it Gestapo. They go after, if you disagree with them, Look, how many of you use, uh, use um, Firefox? The Mozilla Foundation that owns Firefox, Thunderbird, 
a lot of apps that we use, all right? Once they appointed a man as their new CEO, do you know this Gestapo? They blocked one major website, that, that's their own website, that you can't browse it using Firefox. So if you try to log on with Firefox, it will give you one screen that you are not welcome. What is their reason? Because about five years or six years before, he donated $1,000. This is a millionaire. He donated $1,000 to support, is it a Proposition A or something, in California that sought as a legislation to define marriage as a union of a man and a woman. So he donated $1,000 to support it. At least five years before. You know the kind of thing people come raising money. Uh, please, we need money to pro- promote this righteous cause. You just dip your hand in your pocket and give them a check for $1,000. Not a big deal. He wasn't thinking about it much. But that was recorded. Later on, they made him the head of Mozilla Foundation. They said, this guy is anti, this is discriminatory. It's his own faith. It has a right to it. Which is why, look, oh God, I'm about to go into politics here. Which is why God gave them Donald Trump. They say it's a white supremacist. God says it's good. He discriminates against women. God says, I like it like that. He talks anyhow. God says, perfect for you people. You know the reason? Because whoever will come after Donald Trump will be a balanced human being. He will realize that now I can speak my mind and heavens will not fall. Now back to what I was saying. So that's the pressure they have. This man, they hounded him so much, he had to resign that position within a week. Within a week, he resigned the position. When one of the states, anyway, in the U.S., wrote a law that you will use the bathroom according to the gender, the sex, better, written on your birth certificate. What you call yourself doesn't matter. It's what your birth certificate will care about. Do you know Apple, I think, closed his office there. NBA was supposed to play their finals there. They changed it to another state. Films say, we're not filming there again. Why? Because a state said here, you must be a normal human being. That Chooks, after fathering two, three children, will now come and say, I'm a woman, and he wants to use female bathroom. We will not agree. <laughs> it's a simple, I mean, you will have thought it was common sense. That do we have to write a law on that? They wrote the law. And for passing that bill, do you know they, the governor had to veto it for the interest of the, you know, the business community. When you're talking about persecution, huh, what went on under Obama? Christians suffered. People don't realize that. They will come and make trouble for you. They just come to your doorstep and say, um, please, I want you. we see a decorator. We are doing a wedding tomorrow. Can you do for us? You say yes. You, you are happy business don't come. $2,000 or more. You were hungry before. At least profit on this one, $300, you'll be happy. They do not tell you that. Okay, so uh, this is, uh, oh yeah, I'm, 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 this is my partner. With my, you look, ah, uh, Adam and Steve. Yeah. <laughs> so you now say, oh, you are sorry. That's what they came to hear. They didn't want your work. They say, ah, oh, oh you're discriminating. That's, you are in court. You are in court. The, I'm telling you, you are in court. The court will say you must go and do decoration for a gay wedding. You say it's against my faith. They will not find you a thousand dollars a day that you don't go. They sh- some Christians are talk- some Christians tough. They say I am not going. Find me. Many Christians shut their business. We are not doing business again here. And listen, it, it may look like I just close it. No, who's going to pay your house now? Who's going to pay your mortgage? You have your car, your phone. These are things you pay for on a monthly basis. 
So people lost their cars, their homes, their phones, the electricity, everything, because they said, I will not do catering for a gay wedding. That's why God gave them to Donald Trump. When the Christians cry, say, Lord, have mercy. Because if Hillary had won, I'd die in heaven. I'm not preaching my message again. I'm not, I'm not talking politics. The point I'm making here is this. So, no, I, I got sidetracked into that, just talking about my name. What I want to say is that that's why people like that went ahead and started saying what they were saying. The pressure is heavy on them. The pressure is so heavy on them. But why did I go into that? Because I don't care what the pressure is. Never disagree with the word. That's one area where I gave it like this to um, the pastor in Houston. Joel Austin. Joel Austin, he made his mistakes in initial times. Then last I saw him on um, PS, uh, PS uh, Press Morgan, uh, interviewing on CNN. He said, what do you have to say about this? He, he said, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, really. <laughs> if the Bible says it's wrong, it's got to be wrong. <laughs> that, that's all he had to say. He said, the word of God says it is wrong. It has to be wrong. Who are you to judge? Hey, come on, what's wrong with you? You call me a pastor. My duty is to show you scriptures. The Bible says it is out of order, and I think I have to agree with the Bible. I'm sorry. I think it is wrong. He, he can say any other thing around it. The man, I, I, that day I gave it to him like this. The man said, listen, on this matter, I don't have an opinion. I'm, give, I'm using my own words now. I don't have an opinion. I'm just going to give you what the scriptures say. And if the Bible says something, I'm duty bound. The word of the Lord Jesus. Come on, you want him to send me to hellfire. What's your problem? I mean, <laughs> it's, I'm not going to bow to you. I'm going to bow to him. So, you see, look, guys, I know you guys have a lot of power, but he has more power than you realize. You can't do anything much to me, more than the flesh. But him, this, I have to see him at night tonight. So, he says it is wrong. And for that reason, it is not the future. <laughs> you get my logic? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's it. Don't ever use common sense to disagree with scriptures. If the Bible says something, leave it like that. That is how you show honor to God's word. That's what I'm going to emphasize. Listen, without that, some of the people who pray a lot, God doesn't have time for their prayers. Why? His eyes are so busy looking for those whose hearts are perfect towards him, he joins their prayer meeting. He says, you can't correct them with my word, they don't listen. You can't tell them the way they are praying is wrong. Show them scriptures, lie, lie. It makes me laugh a lot of times when people are telling me that what I say, you know, uh, they don't agree, I'm too soft on household enemies. Where did you see this your prayer rally against household enemies in the Bible? You've never seen it. You've never seen Jesus talk about it like that. Paul preached and preached, he didn't talk about it. But no. They prefer the witchcraft. I don't know. If you are in the light, those things have no power against you. That's what we are preaching. That, and that, look. No, I have no, I don't, I don't fear anybody. If I see a bony man in the face, I would deliberately look him eyeball to eyeball. And let me see who will blink. If he doesn't blink, you go blind. If you know anyone, tell him to come and try. I'll just be looking at you like this. I just know better blink, otherwise you will go blind. If I blink before you, blindness is your portion. Because me, I have to blink after after some time because of dryness of the eyes. So if you not think you are strong, once I blink like bam, I blink the way your 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 vision, you you won't see anything again. <laughs> the Lord is good. Back to what I was saying. So that's why I preach the way I preach. I tell them, look, listen, I've been delivered from the domain of darkness. I'm now in the kingdom of His dear Son. In Him, I have redemption. The king, prince of this world comes, he has nothing in me. That's what I preach. Now you tell people this, 
they open their mouth and say, this pastor does not know African demons. <laughs> what I know, or who I know, the person that Natanabasi calls the champion of the universe, that's the person I know. The king of kings and the lord of lords. The one who rose up from the dead as a sign that he had conquered the devil. The one that has a name that's above every other name. The one that every knee bows to. And every tongue confesses that he is Lord. That's the person I know. Who cares about your African demons? That is the person I know. For that reason, I don't give a hoot who the African demons are. Yes, you tell people this, they are telling you you don't know African demons. Don't ever argue against the word of God. You are putting yourself in bondage. The person who's telling you this can't sleep at night. Did somebody heard that, said that after I finished preaching? It was reported to me. I said, no problem. Normally I ignore people who talk foolishly. That one I didn't ignore. I came back next day. I said, I heard that I don't know African demons. I said, do you that know African demons? Can you sleep? That, that, was my, that was my challenge. I said, you that knows African demons, sleep now. I said, can you sleep the way I sleep? Can you lie down in peace knowing that the Lord is watching over you? I said, can you? You can't. You wake up every night to pray against African demons. You're losing sleep. You're stressed up. I said, listen to me. Biniman says, for no who, no road. <laughs> it's a saying in Benin. Say, follow who, no road. You know what that means in English? Follow the person that knows the way. <laughs> oh, you mean you couldn't decode that? <laughs> I said, obviously I know the way. Follow me. What you are looking for is peace of mind. I've already achieved it. And I'm telling you it's in Christ. That's what I'm saying. It's not in me. There's, not, there's no method I know. I'm just saying this in who? It is in Christ. It is in Christ. Enter into Christ. Have peace. He that has entered into his rest has ceased from his own struggles. That's all I preach. But if you don't want to be, remain in bondage, listen, you must never argue against the word of God. It's lack of reverence. It's the worship of believers. We respect the word of God so much we don't know what to say, we are quiet. If you're having an argument, somebody says, Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, just be silent. Don't speak. When that word drops, you don't say anything again. Let's ask our feet. So just kind of giving a summary of what we've been talking about doing this year. This is our last meeting for Tuesday. Let's just thank him for the things that we have learned since January that we began to study School of Prayer. We spoke about prayer almost every day, apart from like a few days that we did our school of Bible exegesis. Let's thank God. Let's thank God like Pastor Kimote was doing earlier. Just thank, he was asking, look at the things we have learned. What have you learned? And we're just celebrating those things. Let's thank God for those things again. Let's thank God for the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. Stick thanking. Thank him for freedom. Thank him because you are free. Thank him because you are not afraid. Thank him for the knowledge of Christ that you have. Please let him hear your voice. Say, Lord, I thank you for knowledge. That knowledge is of Christ. Thank him. Thank him because indeed you are not afraid. You are not just saying it because you want to say it. You are not afraid. Because God is with you. God is not against you. He's with you. Say, Lord, I thank you because you are with me. You are for me. You're carefully washing over me. 
Even while I'm sleeping, the Bible says, you don't sleep. You never sleep, neither do you slumber. Therefore, I give you praise for it. Everybody lift your voice and thank him. Say, Lord, I thank you. I give you praise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because I don't have to be afraid. Thank you. We understand that the enemies are there, but we are not concerned about the enemies. Because the Bible says, he will prepare table before us. In the presence of our enemies. Therefore, say, Lord, I thank you because indeed a table is prepared in the presence of the enemies. And they will all see. Give him thanks. Thank him. Thank him because you do not argue with the word of God. You understand that God's word is a final authority. Therefore, thank him for that knowledge. If you've been doing that before, correction has come to you. Say, Lord, I thank you. Because I do not argue concerning your word. Once your word is given to me, I see it as final. Your word is the final authority over my marriage, over my business, over my relationship with men. Say, Lord, I thank you. Thank him. Maybe there are things you've been doing before and the word of God is brought to you. Say, Lord, I thank you because correction has come my way. The best thing God can do to an ignorant man is to send him knowledge. Therefore, thank him for knowledge. Say, Lord, I thank you. I give you praise. I give you praise. Lord, we bless your name. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you because I am free. I'm free from all generational causes, known and unknown, free from witchcraft. In the name of Jesus, I'm free from fear, free from anxiety, free from stress. Declare once again to yourself, say, I am free. Say, I'm not bound. I am free. In the name of Jesus, I'm free from bitterness, free from unforgiveness, free from hatred. In the name of Jesus, say, I am free. Say it like you mean it, say, I am free. From the spirit of death, from the spirit of suicide. Yes, somebody is free now from the spirit of suicide. In the name of Jesus. Maybe that thought has been coming to you. It's not just a thought. It's actually a spirit that's trying to creep into your heart. But this evening as you declare this word, that spirit just left you. Yeah. Declare once again, say, I'm free, I'm free. from suicide. I'm free from death. Say, I'm, I walk in total freedom. Say, I walk in total freedom. Say, I take the yoke of the Lord and I learn of him. Say, I take the yoke of the Lord and I learn of him. Say in the name of Jesus, I do not lean on my own understanding. In all my ways, I acknowledge the Lord. Declare once again, say, I do not lean on my own understanding. In all my ways. Say it like you mean it, say in all my ways. You know, when pastor was here, he talked about how um, Caleb, the Bible said he fully followed the Lord. And one of the ways we do that is to acknowledge him in all our ways. Praise the Lord. Therefore, let us declare once again, say in the name of Jesus, in all my ways, not some of my ways, say in all my ways, my ways are committed to God. Say in the name of Jesus, say because the Lord delights in my prosperity, I prosper in all that I do. Say once again, say because the Lord delights in my prosperity, 
I prosper financially. I prosper mentally. I prosper spiritually. You know, it's a total thing. Like Todd John says, he say, I beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper in health. Um, you prosper, that is, is prosperity of spirit, soul, and body. So you are not lacking anywhere. So you prosper totally in the name of Jesus. Amen. Therefore, declare once again, say in the name of Jesus. I prosper in my body. I prosper in my soul. And I prosper in my spirit. Say, I prosper totally. Say, God has not given me the spirit of fear. But of sound mind and of love. Say, I have the spirit of God. I have the mind of Christ. Say it like humanity. I have the mind of Christ. Now, once again, let us define what the mind is. It's the way we reason. It's the way we interpret events. Amen? So if you don't get the job, it's not tribalism. It's God prepare, preparing something that is big in front for you. Do you understand? So if one door closes, you understand your mind. The mind of Christ says God is closing this door for another one to open. Do you understand? If a relationship is breaking, it's because God has seen something. I still remember a friend who had a broken relationship and, you know, she was crying. The guy got married to another lady. But three months after, the guy died. And I said to her, I said, you would have been the youngest widow. God knew that this guy was going to die. And he said to the guy, quickly break up this relationship. You didn't know, yet you were crying. So how does a Christian, a, a, so for somebody who has the mind of Christ, how does he interpret things? That's what we call the mind of Christ. Your mind is how you interpret events. Amen? So declare once again, see, I have the mind of Christ. I see things the way he sees things. I interpret events the way he interprets events. Yes, it's good we know that once again because sometimes, you know, I've heard people say they have what they call near success syndrome. You know, that every time um, something good wants to happen to them, you know, this happens. I just say, well, just keep learning the word of God. When you grow to handling those things, automatically it will get to you. Declare once again. Say, I have the mind of Christ. I I see things the way he sees things. Let me explain once again. The Bible says in Titus, it says to the pure, all things are pure. That is, you don't see things the way they are, you see things the way you are. Do you understand? So if you are pure, everything will be pure in your sight. Declare once again, say, I have the mind of Christ. Say it like humanity, I have the mind of Christ. I see things the way he sees things. I interpret events the way he interprets events. Say in the name of Jesus, I am not depressed. Say it like you mean say I am not depressed because Christ is at work in me. See, I'm not an abandoned project. God is working in me. God is working through me. Declare once again, say God is working in me. And God is working through me. See, I'm an agent of change. I do the will of God. I am a vessel unto honor, not unto dishonor. Declare once again, say, I'm a vessel unto honor, not unto dishonor. Say it like you mean it once again. Say, I'm a vessel unto honor, not unto dishonor. Say, because I'm a righteous man, my steps are ordered by the Lord. Say, because I am a righteous man, my steps are ordered by the Lord. Say, in the name of Jesus, because I love the Lord, He takes delight in my prosperity. 
Say in the name of Jesus. My bread and my water is blessed. Say it like humanity. My bread is blessed. My water is blessed. Say if I drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt me. Say it once again. Say if I drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt me. And let me give you the story of Umar Akbar. He said he was kidnapped one day. I heard him say this testimony, and they gave him poison to drink. And he said, Father, I thank you for this poison. And when he drank it, it was like tea in his mouth. Praise God. Uh, it was like tea in his mouth. So even if you drink any deadly thing, known and unknown, it will not hurt you. Amen. It will work for your good. Amen. Say in the name of Jesus, name of Jesus. Because, I love the Lord, because I love the Lord, and I am called according to his purpose, all things are working together for my good. Say it once again. Say, all things are working together for my good. Say, the disappointments are working for my good. The delays are working for my good. The breakups are working for my good. Say, all things are working together for my good because I love the Lord. Say it once again. Say, because I love the Lord. All things are working together for my good. The loss is working together for my good. In the name of Jesus. Lift your voice and give God praise. Give him thanks. Bless the name of Jesus this evening. Let him hear your voice of appreciation. Let him hear your voice. Let him hear your voice. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him for this year. God has been faithful to you. He's been very faithful to you. Bless him. Thank him. This is the confidence that we have. That if we pray according to his will, he hears us. If you pray according to his will, he hears you. And you've altered these words, which is the will of God, which is the word of God. And we are sure that he has heard us. Therefore, bless the name of Jesus. Take some time and give him praise. Thank him for victory. Thank him for knowledge. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Lord, we are grateful. Indeed, who is like unto thee? O Lord. Among the gods who is like unto thee. You are glorious in holiness and you are fearful in praises. Always, always doing wonders. Thank him. Thank him for healing. Thank him for healing. Say, Lord, I thank you for healing. Because while we are declaring that somebody got healed, thank you. Say, Lord, I thank you for healing. <laughs> thank you because I can sleep. I can now sleep. Because I know the one that is watching over me never sleeps nor slumbers. Thank him. Because I can eat that food. Somebody, when you travel this, this uh, season, you can eat without any fear. They say somebody has, that woman is a witch. Therefore, they say don't eat the food. Now you have knowledge. Thank him. Thank him. Because your life is not ruled by fear. Your life is ruled by Jesus. Lord, we give you praise. Blessed be the name of the Lord forever. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Now, you just do something finally before we leave here. Just hold your neighbor. Hold somebody. Make sure you're holding somebody. And um, 
pray for that person. Just declare the word of God over that person. Just declare the word of God. Declare that this season the Lord will bless him. That the Lord will order his step. That he's going out and in his coming in, the Lord will watch over him. Declare consigning that to your brother. Declare that he has a spirit of God. He has a mind of Christ. He has the wisdom of God. He walks in understanding. He walks with boldness. He's as bold as a lion because he's a righteous man. Declare those things over him. The word of God is in your heart and is in your lips. Let it come out in declaration for your brother, for your sister. Declare that he has laid his hand on the plow. He is not going to look back. That nothing shall separate him from the love of the Lord. Tribulation shall not separate him. Famine shall not separate him. That the Lord will strengthen him. That the things he has known, he will not lose hold of it. He will hold firmly to those, the truths of the word of God. That the Lord will cause him to be fruitful. That he multiplies. He has dominion. Replenishing the earth. Declare consigning that person. Total health. Pray for that person. That his faith will not fail. That his faith will not fail. In the name of Jesus. Declare fruitfulness. Declare multiplication. Pray for that your brother. He will not die at his prime. He will fulfill purpose. He will fulfill destiny. He will continue to love the Lord. His love for God will increase. Lord, we give you praise. Thank you for this atmosphere. Blessed be the name of Jesus. We give you praise. Thank you. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Our Father, we are grateful. Thank you because um, you are so good. You've been so good to us and we give you praise. From this year, January, we started the School of Prayer. And today, Lord, you have helped us once again. You've taught us how to pray. You've taught us the most important prayer. And Lord, we give you praise for this. We go, Lord, in this strength. We go, Lord, with this knowledge. In the name of Jesus. Thank you once again. In the name of Jesus. Now, this just dropped in my heart. Maybe we were likely to still do it on Saturday. Can we just pray for uh, God's servants who has been, you know. Pastor Banke was always here for the school of prayer. Even when he's out of town, he tries to be here, you know. One day I remember Pastor was not feeling so strong. And he was still here to preach. Nobody knew. Praise the Lord. Let's pray for him. Let's pray for him, everybody. Pray that the Lord will strengthen him. Pray that the Lord will strengthen him. Pray for strength. Pray for strength. Pray for strength. Pray that the Lord will give him wisdom. Paul said, pray for us. Please pray for him. Pray that the Lord will give him wisdom. That the Lord will give him peace in his family. Um, (laughs) Please pray for him. That the truths of the word of God in his heart will fill this head. Is a voice. Is a voice. Is a voice. Not just a voice in the east. Not just a voice in Nigeria. Not just a voice in Africa, is a voice. 
Pray that this voice will be heard and men will be drawn to righteousness. Please pray for God's servants who has watered us, prayed for us, blessed us, and taught us the truth of the word of God. Can you take some time to bless him? Pray for his family. Pray for his children. Pray for his wife. His children, they are taught of, taught of the Lord. And great shall be their peace. It's for his children, they are not brought forth for calamity. In their school, they do well. In these paths that the Father has caught for them, they will follow this path of truth. Pray that the Lord will strengthen Pastor Banke. The Lord will give him health. The Lord will bless his body. When he's discouraged, let the Lord send him help. Yeah, sometimes pastors are discouraged. Say, Lord, send him help. Send him help. Send him help. Send him help. Lord, we give you praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your servants. We thank you. We thank you because we are connected to this grace. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. If you are blessed today, please give the Lord a resounding clap. Come on. Let him hear you clap. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right, let's share the grace in unison. One, two, three, go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we are passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out of under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is a season of multiplication and dominion in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please say that to your neighbor, the last line. This is your season of multiplication and dominion in the name of Jesus. Give it to another person. This is your now one more person. And say the last one to yourself. This is my season of multiplication. None in the name of Cheryl Brethren.